Welcome to The Brave Files. I'm delighted to have you here today because we are chatting with Gia Duke, who has made it her business to help others grow a heart-centered business and life. We talk about creating impactful and meaningful communities that can truly make a difference and how once we grow in this way, we're constantly improving the world around us. This is such a fun and heart-filled conversation, which also offers easily actionable tips to help you build a more heart-centered business and life. Stick around for this fun conversation. Empathy, matter, fun. This is Heather Vickery, and you're listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. When we choose bravely in big and small ways, it powerfully elevates our lives. I hope these stories connect with you and encourage you to embrace bravery in every possible way, day after day. Together, we can build a movement of courageous living that enriches both our lives and our communities. And if you enjoy the show, I ask you to please share it with others. Maybe think of someone who you want to choose bravely right alongside you. Thanks for tuning in. Now here's the show. Hey, everybody. This is Heather Vickery. Welcome to The Brave Files. Today's guest is a girl after my own heart. After spending a large portion of her life running from cause to cause, doing whatever she could to help, she realized that there were too many causes and only one her. Gia Duke felt like she couldn't help fast enough. And there was always more work to be done, no matter how hard she worked and tried. Eventually, she hit what she calls compassion exhaustion. Gia's here today to tell us about her journey to focus her energy on the one or two causes she's most passionate about and how she gets paid for giving back, which is pretty cool. All of us here at The Brave Files love this idea, of course, because we're also dedicated to giving back and strengthening the community. Gia, welcome to the show. Hi, Heather. I'm so happy to be here. Yay. I'm happy to have you here too. And you are you are a fan of the show. So that's always extra fun. I'm a fun. fan, super fan. <laughs> Thank you, you for work. that. Yes. I appreciate it. When I was a little kid, my stepdad used to say I was a save the whales kind of girl. Oh, <laughs> I, my mom was a save the whales girl. Was she? Well, yes. and it's funny, it wasn't particularly whales, but what he meant was it was always others. It was always giving back. It was always charity. And I, it's a pretty accurate statement. And it sounds like you were kind of the same kind of person growing up. You know, it's funny. I look back. I don't know that I was that. My, that. Um, I, mine, I wasn't the um, little girl that went out and put a lemonade stand on the street corner okay. and raised money. I, <laughs> mine, my journey came later. I think my thing came from, I was a person who just noticed other people a lot oh, and and light and noticed when um I, am try- I always have a hard time articulating this but uh I like being around different kinds of people yeah me too yeah and so I'm very curious about people and I noticed people and observed a lot and I would often you know if someone wasn't doing well like in school or I had a friend having a hard time I tried to do what I could to help them or support them even sometimes without you know telling them just being a good friend or right. reaching out to yeah. somebody so I think that's more who I was rather than the Save the whales, even though I was for that. And I loved helping my, my mom wrote letters to Greenpeace and she'd tell <laughs> me about it. And I loved it. Well, she wouldn't write. She'd type on her typewriter, which is right oh. next to me <laughs> right yep. now. Oh, yeah. That's sweet. I yeah. That. So I, I had that upbringing and loved animals and all those things, but I wasn't the lemonade stand girl. 
Okay. All right. Well, that's fascinating because that isn't the impression I got from <laughs> um, the, the communication we've had before. But I, yeah, that, I what I heard you say is that you that you're empathetic, that you could sense yes. somebody's needs and yes. um, the, the most helpful types of people don't say, okay, I'm going to help you now. They just help. <laughs> right. I love that. So tell us a little bit more about that and sort of getting in touch with that in college and sort of what your progression has been. Yeah. So when I went to college, I thought, I thought it would be really cool. And this was 20 years plus year ago yeah, and I done that. yeah right and it was <laughs> and there weren't all that like I look at kids nowadays and all the options they have and like for my son I'm like oh my gosh there's so many amazing creative jobs out there but when when we went to school it was like I, I thought I kind of wanted to be if I had a dream job like a spokesperson for a really cool um, organization I that's kind of that. what I saw a myself person <laughs> right is that like what do you call it I don't know that's what I, I used think to it's say great I love it right and so it was like an advocate like I would just want to yeah. be the person that I could get on stage and and help somebody raise money or shout really loud for a cause and kind of in an activist way but also in a like let's change the world way yeah. right and that's what I wanted <laughs> but I didn't know that job or description it wasn't like a thing at my school and I started actually in broadcasting and, and then got in a journalism class and said, ooh, I don't like writing at all. I don't want to pitch someone else's story. I don't want to stay in this world. I'm out. And so it's really funny how, you know, your course goes. So I went into education and I became, I got a degree in elementary education and both my oh, parents, wow. parents were teachers. My mom was a speech therapist, my dad a high school teacher, counselor. And so it kind of made sense. Um, but I also, you know, I, it, there was a creative part. There's a giving back part, working with kids um, yeah. that I loved. And so I went down that route and I kind of taught in numerous ways. I taught gymnastics. I, I substitute taught. It took me a while to get a job. And in the meantime, I actually went and worked for a values-driven company. I worked for Patagonia. Do you know Patagonia? Oh, I do. I was at a really incredible conference this past March. Yeah. And and Patagonia did this whole display about um, how their culture and how they care for their employees. It's incredible. Right? I love that you right. worked with them. I did a very short time. They had... Um, they had just opened their distribution center in Reno, where I had just moved, chasing my boyfriend, now husband. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, oh my gosh, here's this really cool company I've heard about. I don't care what I do. I remember I said that at my interview. I'm like, I just want to work for you. Basically, like, hi, I'm your spokesperson, but that's not what you're hiring me for. <laughs> <laughs> so I did customer service, which was hilarious selling you know, when people would call on the, you know, to order yeah. off a catalog, I would answer the phone. Nice. You're right. But but the people I was with were the same kind of people, heart-based people and people that cared about oh, the yeah. environment and the earth and the planet and, and, and outdoor enthusiasts and each other. It was just a really cool environment. Yeah. Were you in their actual offices or did you... Yeah, it remotely. was well in Reno. They had a distribution center, so okay, it was a right. huge facility where they did all the shipping and and uh, customer service was upstairs. And yeah, so it wasn't their headquarters where Yvonne okay. Chenard, the founder, I mean, is. their headquarters yeah. are crazy. They have a boardroom <laughs> that's full of surfboards. Right. Yeah, a... <laughs> that kind of stuff was everywhere, and that's exactly people showed up. You could go to work barefoot and shorts yeah. like and a daycare did they have that even at the distribution center oh gosh I don't remember I didn't have kids then I I don't remember so cool. I right? feel so like could maybe leave. they did yeah they could take they could go and, and feed their babies or check in on oh, them yeah. and oh yeah like the, it's just crazy I Community. love that yeah for sure um well they always say nobody their retention is like 98 percent. so why did you leave <laughs> well I was doing customer service 
Because it's a second job. <laughs> so I didn't really want to answer phones forever. And I, gotcha. I didn't. And it wasn't my, um, I still wanted to teach. I was trying to get a teaching job. Right. So yeah, so I really wanted to get in a classroom. And so I, um, that's why I left. I ended up sub- substitute teaching and then getting hired to be a teacher for a short time. Um, then got laid off. It was kind of where I was oh. living, living in the mountain. I lived in Truckee in the mountain town. And it was like, people never leave the job. So you have to kind of wait for somebody to retire or something to open to get in. <laughs> and so you'd get hired and then red slipped and then hired. And so it was kind of like that. Yeah. Um, so that's my, in a way, like, I think I would have been, I would have been super satisfied being a teacher. Um, I loved it, but it led me on a different journey because I ended up not going back to teaching. So and so where did you go instead? <laughs> so I started doing, uh, it was a great dog community, uh, animal community, and we didn't have a shelter. And so I started working for the Humane Society. Well, volunteering, mm. I should say, for the Humane Society. And I just got started with that. And I've always loved animals. So I started with that, doing, you know, helping them. I got on their board, helped them raise funds, um, doing adoption days. Then we ended up, you know, eventually three dogs. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Fostering leans to forever, right? And did work with them. And then I ended up having a baby. Mm-hmm. And so I was a stay-at-home mom. Um, and then I ended up, um, while I was stay at home mom, then I had went to one of those home parties people do. Like there was uh-huh. one for another values driven company called the body shop. Do you know oh, yeah. the body shop? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I didn't really know their products or anything, but I went for like a mom's night out and needed a break, okay. baby break and went out and there was a brochure on the table, Heather. And it was this woman's face I'd never seen. And she's the founder of the company. Her name's Anita Roddick. Are you familiar with her? I'm not amazing woman you might want to check her out she's awesome huge activist back in her day so she's the founder and the creator of the body shop and she's the one who made the skincare company but it was backed by these five core values so it's kind of like patagonia yeah right and they did no animal that what made them really huge is they were against animal testing and hiring out other companies that would test on animals because that's a big thing that everybody knows right and doing that and being willing to uh, it affects your your profit margin. It affects like it's it's interesting that you say that. My partner just had something very similar come up in her business life. She's an entrepreneur also, and as uh-huh. entrepreneurs, we never want to turn business away. Um, she has a she's at a program that does um, employee based training on LGBTQ awareness, especially trans awareness. Okay, and she gets a call from a, a client. We've seen your stuff. We are approved to buy this entire product from you. We're very excited. And she's, that's great. She sends an invoice. And then she finds out just like an hour later, she reads an article about the top 10 companies that earn money from supporting ICE. Mm. And it was the number one company. And she said, I can't, I can't work with you. Right. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I cannot work with people who support, Mm -hmm. you know, locking people up and separating children. I can't. Right. I can't do it. Anyway, so values-based, right? It's hard. But I love that the body shop did that, um, that they would not hire out companies that that didn't fit their their moral standards and values right. as well. And yeah. it was huge. This was in the 70s. I know, right? Everybody yeah. Was doing so it. She, that's why she's like people teach colleague, 
college classes on her. <laughs> so great. she was like, yeah. And she had a bigger mission too of like eradicating poverty in the world was her big goal. And so, yeah, I just jumped in and started working for this company and started doing home parties then because I thought, oh my gosh, these are like my personal values tied up in a company. And now I get to be, I'm laughing. I've never told the story this way, but now I'm like a spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like in people's homes, they invite me in, right? In a nice way. I mean, I'm not giving a speech, but you get women together, you have a great night, you have a great yeah. time, but I can educate people and teach them things I learned that you don't always know, you know, like... If you're going to buy one of two products and one does good in the world and one doesn't, like I would hope most people would choose the one that does good and is good for you. As long as they know. As, as long, long as, as they know. They That's care I mean enough to find know. out. Yeah. Right. And so that was that was really cool, but not like my dream job by any means. It was just kind of an avenue. And really, I was drawn to the founder, to Anita, and kind of just diving into that. And so what I ended up doing then, and which was not um, conventional <laughs> with my work, it was... I used it. I ended up turning it into a fundraising tool. Okay, that's great. So, yeah. So, um, and it started, a little boy was killed in our community. Um, mm. Writing his big will was horrible because there was no playground in the area where they lived. And I heard that story and I was at a convention for the body shop and they were talking about, you know, your big goals and setting your sales goals and, you know, put a, put a goal down on a piece of paper. What's one thing you want to do? And I remember writing like, this has nothing to do with my work, but everything to do with why I'm here. Yeah. And I wrote, I want to see if I can do something to help. Um, they were trying to build a playground yeah. for this community. And so I wrote that down. And I went home and called, <laughs> used a phone, called know, the right? local paper and said, how can I help? What's happening? And so I did my first fundraiser body shop party. So I just told people the story. Most people in the town had heard of it and said, here's why I'm passionate about it. I want to invite you over to a night to go shopping and I'm donating the proceeds. That's awesome. To it. Yeah. And it just kind of spiraled from there. And it was so fantastic for me because it was an easy way for me to have structure, but a tool um, for me to make a difference in causes that I cared about and to people in our community or around the world. And so I continued doing that kind of work. And it was even at first kind of frowned upon from the company. Oh, really? I wonder why. Yeah. Well, it was hard because you're dealing with numbers people who want sales and they didn't like me teaching my team that you can give your money away. Mm. But why do they care? <laughs> I mean, the sales are the sales. They still this, make their profit. Right. Because you end up in a leader role, kind of like, and so they were saying, I don't know this. And I kept trying to explain to them. And eventually I did get to know people because um, I was recognized eventually mm -hmm. um, by getting a, an award called the Profits with Principles Award. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was super cool to be nominated. But what was really, really cool was I got to meet Anita Roddick because of it. That is super cool. Super cool. So yeah. she was like the first person, like activist I'd ever real person I met where I was like, oh my gosh, I think you feel like, like I feel like you. I didn't have I anyone like that in my life. So so you you did that for a while and then eventually you started your own nonprofit, right? I did. I did. Tell us about yeah. that. <laughs> so my husband and I were going to adopt our um, a second child from, we had Tobin. And then I birthed Tobin, and then we were going to adopt a second child from foster care. And during the process, you have to go through a big training. And the second in the second training, I started learning about foster care like really in depth. Mm -hmm. And I just sat there, and I don't know if you've ever – you can imagine the videos that they would show you. Oh, yeah. Oh. Right? So I was a puddle of tears and was like, oh, my gosh. I mean, I knew about foster care, but I, this is like, where are the spokespeople? <laughs> where who is talking about this and and there's so many kids like what 
we, I have to do more. And so I told my husband, he's used to me, so he just goes with it. <laughs> um, and and he, he was great either way. And I told our social worker, like, okay, let's keep going. And if this works out great and we have a great, you know, there's a connection with a child, we're going to adopt. I want to keep going. But at the same time, this is bugging me. I think I might have to do something else. And so that's where it started. So I decided to table the adoption. Um, we went through the whole thing, got certified as a family. Um, but in the meantime, I dove into research for the foster care system and tried to go find people who grew up in it or lived in it. Um, I went to conferences, things like that, and said, what can I do? What's missing? How can I help? Uh, I love that. You had mentioned that one of your favorite episodes of this show was the interview with Paula Creed Smith. Now I know why. Remind me of that when I did say that. I was going to go back. I listened to that a while ago. Yeah. So she's the one that grew up and aged out of the foster care system. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. yes, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. That's why. <laughs> it was kind of crazy because I lived in, like I said, a small mountain town and there weren't local foster children. Not that they weren't there, but if they were there, there weren't foster families. So they'd get right. placed in homes outside the county. And so I was trying to build something in an area where the population in need didn't exist. So it was kind of crazy, but I was so passionate about it. And I thought, I'm not the only one. If I start telling people about, about this, I really believed other people would yeah, care. Yeah, for sure. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I made, um, I, I, but I also was smart about it. And I, and I used kind of my teaching, everything. And I said, I'm going to make a creative arts wilderness retreat. <gasps> That's so cool. So because we lived and I don't know if you know Truckee, it's Lake, uh, Lake Tahoe. Okay. Is right where, like, yeah. So it's a mountain town. It's like people come there. The Olympics were held there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so it's a huge outdoors community and people are so passionate about it. And there's a lot of artists there too. And what's lacking in the school system, as we know, is getting outside, exercise, mm. and creative arts. Absolutely. So things that get cut from programs. And so I thought, oh, yay, I think we can do this. And, um, and they're also the things that make a difference in my life. So that's what I did. So I, I spent the next couple of years, actually, um, figuring out how to start a nonprofit. Um, and I decided to do that because I thought I could make more money because I could apply for grants and things like that. I had no degree in this, mind you. <laughs> I, I there are a lot of ways to learn, though. So. Right. Barnes & Noble, um, how to start a nonprofit guide for dummies. That was my handbook. That's awesome. Handbook. So, yeah, I don't know where <laughs> it you want worked. Me to keep going. It worked. It was like I like I said. I got to look at who wrote that book and write them a huge thank I you. I know letter. that's funny. <laughs> so, you, is this program? First of all, what's the program called? It's called Remix. Okay. So, is the Remix program for all children, or was it a program specifically for children in the foster care system? Just children in the foster care system. And if they weren't. Yes in your community, how are you reaching them? <laughs> well, it was through my social worker that we were working with. Okay. So I built relationships and through, so I ended up working with that agency and telling them what I'm doing because it was a really tricky thing. Um, I say it's like, the, uh, what did I used to say? It's like one of the most untouchable populations, right? Like they, you can't get, it's hard to get in front of foster kids yeah. because, because they're protected. They're like the most, that's what it is, unprotected, protected group of people. Uh, right right that's such a visualization there the unprotected protected right and no kid and, and kids don't want to be labeled as foster kids rightly so not. they want to yeah. be kids they're just kids yeah and so it was um it was a you know I had a lot of people tell me it wouldn't work um I, I you know I had people that knew what they were talking about that told me it wouldn't work um did it work it worked did it still work? <laughs> no. I ended up um, closing the doors because we moved. Okay. And I was a one-woman show. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. See, that is that makes you the poster child for I teach delegation, <laughs> delegation, delegation. This is why oh. you shouldn't do it all by yourself because you can't keep going. You might have been able to if you'd had a support system. And team well, with no, you. well, I could have. Well, if, that's why I said if we didn't move, we mm-hmm. moved to San Francisco. So we moved four hours, three and a half hours away. So if I didn't move, I would have, I was starting to get that. Like, you okay. know, you run your first program and I'd hired people. So don't get me wrong. Okay. I hired people. Um, to run the retreat. Um, right, to, of course. Right? You couldn't so, be the only one no, with a bunch of kids. I didn't run the raft, <laughs> river rafting ropes course. <laughs> Not my skill set. I know when to hire out. Um, I didn't mean it that way. I just meant like bringing people in from the admin end of it, right? Oh Obviously, my gosh. I, I would, yeah. yeah. I wanted so badly to have, I mean, that was the biggest painful thing. It was like four or five years of my life of like me putting all the hats and trying to find yeah. begging people to give me part of their time. And people were really excited about it, but people had their lives and their jobs. And to get yeah. someone to start on the ground level is you got to find the right person. So, so you moved and you, and you had to unfortunately close this program, which it sounds like it was wonderful and, and was touched amazing. a lot of kids' lives. What um, you, you have, I, you're the creator of the Revolution Super Love Movement. <laughs> I love the name. I don't even know what that is. I really need to know though, because it sounds like, Woodstock. What? It sounds like what? Woodstock. Oh, Woodstock. I know. I kind of pulled away a little bit. I know because the whole super love, I just used to talk about that. And I, I did a whole year of sending super love shout outs and would highlight people. And I, I said, dig let's it. start a movement, the Revolution Super Love. But it does have that hippie vibe, right? So really what it is, is just, I pictured it like I was a cheerleader and I own it very much so. And I, <laughs> um, I was a college cheerleader. So that was a big deal actually. So I, um, like the wave, you know, the wave yeah, at a game football or any game. Right. So I pictured it like that with a bunch of people all over. Yeah. All around the world, all walks of life doing one intentional act of kindness, going from one person to the next, raising their hand, like on a wave across the world. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. How, how did it work? How did it play out? Well, it really just kind of is. It's. I'm going to write about it in my book. I'm like, this is it. We're doing it. Let's keep going. Let's do Revolution Super Love. Let's. Who wants to join in? Yeah. So it's tell, kind of okay, the community to, I'm creating. Tell us about your book and how we can yeah. all get involved in Revolution Re, Revolution <laughs> Revolution Super Love because I'm in. Yeah, you're. This is your kind of people. Are the people <laughs> we need? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wrote a book. Um, came out in October called Get Your Heart On. Awesome. And which, congrats because it's hard to you. write a book. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> um, and the tagline to that is the how-to guide for people that want to make a difference. So where to start, what to do, and how to kick ass along the way. That is so cool. So that is the book. And it's basically um, my work now. So I say I help people who want to help people. That's like the simple version. So people That's that so, want to make a difference I in the world. I love that so much. Yeah. So people that want to make a difference in their own way. And I think that in their own way is really important because it gets rid of all the um, preconceived ideas of what people yeah. might have, of what giving back means. Like, I don't have time. Yeah. It busts all the myths. Yeah, so absolutely. It's, right? So it's however it fits into your lifestyle. So, and I had a friend or a woman I met this summer. She said, I told her the name in the book and she said, oh, you wrote the Help Help book. <laughs> 
I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that. That's exactly what it is. It's that is cool. It's the help help book. It's the help so, help book. The help help Very book. quickly, because we have so many folks who have a book in them and they're not quite oh. sure how to pull it out. Oh, T- can you quickly share with us sort of what your writing process was like? I'd love to ask this question. I know you do. And I was laughing. I'm like, uh, my answer is not conventional. It's um, okay. That's my, why we That's why we ask. It would be so boring if everybody had right? the same answer. I know, but I struggled. Okay, maybe I can help someone that was like me listening right now because I so badly wanted the method. Yeah. I wanted the structure. And here's my thing. Just write. That's what I had to do. Write, 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 write. I did not have structure. I did not write in order. Yeah. Um, I wrote, it's, it's, it won't be surprising if you see my book um, and there's previews of it. Um, I wrote in short, everything's in short little paragraphs. It's I not, love that. Yeah, it's so much easier to read that way. Yeah, it's very like, remember I was an elementary school teacher. It's full of visuals and cartoons. Yeah. I had a doodle artist and quotes. And so my process was, just writing. I had to write my own voice, my own style. I didn't edit as I went because that waste time. You never should. I don't think. Some people do though. And you can get really caught up in it. Oh yeah. That's right? Scary. In that uh-huh. whole like making it perfect because I chopped so much of it. If I'd done that, I'd still be working on it. Um, and I worked on it Absolutely. for over two years. So yeah. um, So how yeah. much time did you commit every day to writing? I didn't do that. Do it that way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that was my other thing. I, I tried. Um, that's kind of how I am as a creative person though. If I'm not in the mood, it doesn't really work for me. And so, but when I'm in the mood, I can write for 24 hours straight. So I just go, I would try to go often. I went to coffee shops. So I get out of my house and I would sit and I get inspired by people buzzing around me. And again, my work, remember I told you I like being around different types of people. So San Francisco is fantastic place for me to create, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so I'd go to coffee shops and I would just start writing and I would get inspired and then I'd write a snippet. And then pretty soon it started to kind of turn into something. Does that help with my process? It does. No, it's a great process. And I I love that. that, Again, I ask questions like this and I ask similar questions every week because all of the answers are different and all of our listeners are different and how we want to approach our problems or approach bravery or writing or trying something new. Everybody's going to come at it from a different perspective and hopefully hearing all of you awesome people share the way you tried something will light a fire in them and ignite something. So right. um, I dig it. As you're moving through this and now you're you're helping people who want to help and you're mm-hmm. doing all of this cool stuff and you have this wonderful movement, mm-hmm. what has become, what's been the most difficult thing for you to overcome? Oh, goodness. Um, uh, wanting to quit. <laughs> Right. Uh, thank you for being that honest. Um, t- talk to me about that for a second. Yeah, I think it's huge. In fact, uh, one of my words I almost share was going to share was lonely. It is lonely. Yeah, and and I think that's when you're up, and you're going to have people that, that get what I'm talking about. But when you're empathy driven and you when and we're seeing it more and more just because of the way we have access to news now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't watch the news actually. It's not good for me. No, I but, just read it. I don't, I don't watch and it. And I barely read it. I just, I can do snippets and then people, my husband will tell me if I need to know something. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's like the oxygen mask. Like just, you got to survive. Right. You got to get through it. Right. And so it's, it's, it's been super hard and it's super hard. Like a few weeks ago, I was looking for jobs. I was like, I was. So, yeah. But what, <laughs> right. Is it for me, you know, I've been an entrepreneur yeah. for 23 years and um, there have been a very few handful of times where I've been like, screw it, I'm out. Yes. Um, but I'm avo- able to avoid that for the most part. But what is it that happens with you where you go, I got to look for a job? 
Um, I think part of, well, I can just speak because it was recent. Um, I lost what I call my heart reason. Mm. And I, I, I think it was like part of it was launching the book and then all of a sudden that's done. Like no. this hardcore like focus. Not even let down. It was just like such a focused purpose. And then actually, honestly, a bunch of grief hit me because mm. I started writing my book because my mom had dementia for 10 years. And so oh. I started writing to heal. And I'm it's so not what, oh, thank you. Thank you. It's horrible. And so I think as soon as it launched, it was like, yay. And then it was like, crash. And mm-hmm. I didn't really express what was happening to people. So, and it was a good six month crash. Yeah. So, and I just wrote this in October, it came out. And so I'm kind of coming out the other side and trying to kind of reassess like, what's my direction? Even though I know where I want to go, I'm trying to tap back into, um, like why I say my heart reason, like my yeah. deeper because that's always my driver. Yeah. My driver is that, like it was with foster kids, I printed their pictures out and put them on my wall. And so I need that back. And I'm and, I, and it's back. It just came back. <laughs> it came back. So can you tell us, I mean, that's what I help people do, is discover yes. their why, like really, truly understand what they want and why they want it. And, yes. then, and then we systematically make a plan to go and get it and get into right. action. But first, you got to figure it out. And that's a muddled process. So will you share your why with us? Um, well, it's not one thing. I just got, well, I'm starting a podcast as my next journey. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and I've wanted to do it for, I've started actually numerous. I kind of did a show like four years ago, but it's all the same topic. But what happened was there's, I'm going to tell you about him at the end, <laughs> but it's a specific charity cause. Okay. And, and I want to support him and I was like oh my god he needs to be on my show so my show is going to be the same name as my book get your heart on and it's the same topic and everything and I want to bring it's not just guests but people that are making a difference in the world in their own way and tell their stories and I thought by me not doing this my heart reason is my heart reason is that again I'm circling spokesperson in me that wants to share their help them share their stories I've never told this but you're gonna be like Gia what did you know I love it I'm cracking up I think I'm just realizing this I'm actually doing the thing I I love it the career I was looking for I love it that this is a conduit for you realizing like oh I've manifested this my whole life and now here it is right I know it's pretty funny I'm laughing at myself okay does that make sense yeah So, so it's really just my heart reason is I have to yeah I I it's how can I not, how can I, I'm so passionate. Like if I saw you at the coffee shop today, I would pour my heart out and tell you about them. So, <laughs> all right, well, we're going to get yeah. there. So <laughs> we're going to get there. You can tell us all about it. So you've had the ups and downs and you've done all of these cool things and you've worked for all these different great companies and started businesses and <laughs> all of this. Um, yeah. You know, it's a lot to, to maintain. Mm-hmm. Um, does it feel like brave work to you? Yes. I hadn't thought about it that way. Yes and no, I should say. I don't, I don't. It's okay to just say yes, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I had it until your show. You really made me think about what brave is. And um, I think it's totally brave to follow. So to follow my heart and to keep going and listen to my gut. It is. And you're leading the way. You're giving other people permission to do the same thing, which is such a gift. Mm -hmm. So speaking of gifts, uh, how do you celebrate? So let's think, and I actually, I meant to ask you this earlier and I forgot. Did you end up fostering a child? No, no. We decided not to. I knew me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I knew I could either do either or in that circumstance. And you chose the business. Understood. And I chose, yeah, I chose okay. the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
you built this very successful remix program. You, you've <laughs> written a book. You've started the Revolution Super Love Movement. How do you, and I'm sure there are a million wonderful things each day that that happen. And, you know, we all have things that make each day not so wonderful. But how do you celebrate the good things and the successes in your life? I love this question. I think it's so important. Um, I My celebrations are really small. They're like... yeah. I, Mine too, well, usually. Yeah, I, they're more me screaming, <laughs> jumping <laughs> up and down. And like, I thought about how did what did I do when my book arrived? Like, it came in the mail, and I started. I was like, oh my god! I like, ran down my hallway. My dog chasing me, and we're like jumping in the living room with my dog. Like, That's awesome! I did it. You know, there are things like that. I love turning on music and dance, partying it out, um, and just pumping my fist in the air and seeing, you know, like, yeah, you know, I. I did that. I'm so happy or proud of myself right now. And you should be those little things like that. And then sometimes they're quiet celebrations. Like I just smile to myself and go, mm, yeah, all right. I'm acknowledging me I love at this that. moment. Mm-hmm. I love that so much because so many folks don't pause to just absorb it and soak it in. And when we constantly push towards the next goal and the yes. next thing, uh, we get tired, we get burnt out, we, we need that sacred rest that that the episode with Sandra Dalton Smith talked about, right? Because yes, it's rejuvenating to celebrate and to honor these moments. And there's gratitude in that. Do you have a gratitude practice? I don't have a practice. Um, I loved I love that you have a journal and I was like I always I wanted say. to be that girl that and I've tried it so many times I remember when Oprah did those you know and I was like oh I'm gonna go be like Oprah I'm gonna write in my bed and every night before I go to sleep and it lasts like four days <laughs> and then it's done and so but what I do I I don't think of it as a practice I think it's just what I do and I integrate it throughout my day so I think about gratitude like pretty much all the time me too yeah and so yeah. when I'm on a walk or a jog or out in nature I'm just super grateful and sometimes I'll say things out loud you know oh my gosh I'm so grateful like I'm in these beautiful trees right now that I have fresh air to breathe and yeah that I've got my puppy with me and my amazing husband and son and those things my health and um one thing I do because of your show I was thinking what do I do that is kind of a gratitude practice I love when I think of somebody I'm the girl that will like call you I love that and I may not have talked that's absolutely (laughs) an expression of gratitude I think that's so great I love doing that and like you know I don't care how long it's been or send you a text and just be like oh my god you're on my mind I know it's been 20 years but hi I'm thinking of you. So I I'll like bet those. you that has such an impact on the lives of the people you express that to. What a gift. <laughs> I Thank dig you. it. Thanks. All right. Well, now you can share with us because I'm going to ask you what your favorite charitable organization is to support. Oh! And you've been teasing us. So <laughs> share it with us. Well, I well just because it's new, I'm like, I'm I kicking know. my show off for Paul. <laughs> well, the first one I have to shout out to, I know there's two or one that you're going to highlight, but I have to give a shout out to Montana Wilderness School. Okay. And um, my brother is the co-founder of this and oh, they are hey. doing such an amazing job. Hey, Gar. Um, it's an outdoor education program in Bozeman and they just provide these empowering wilderness retreats for kids, for youth. So, and um, awesome. Shout out to Montana Wilderness School. But the project I want you to highlight is called Project Open Paw, like dog paw. Okay, okay. Run by this amazing, big-hearted man. Oh, my gosh. His name is Paul, his cutest dog, Yankee. And what he is doing, he's soloing. I don't know if he's volunteering, but I think he is dedicating to feeding and taking care of the furry friends on the streets. Oh, the homeless furry friends. The homeless furry friends. And so he actually has a GoFundMe that he ran a few years ago. So you can check out his whole story and see his video. 
but he does an amazing if any of you are on instagram facebook um he has a shop now button and you, they have like wish lists but if you're on instagram i follow him that's how i i found his gofundme and then awesome. loved his story and then went to his instagram and he posts daily all his little doggy stories so you get to know all the dogs on the street and you, you see paul walk up with his dog angie and bringing them snacks and bags of food and and if they need vet care he raises money to get them to the vets and then he'll show you the vet visits and the doggy bass and and he's so kind with a community of people that he he doesn't show their faces he's really respectful yeah. but you can hear them talking and he's just a part of making san francisco amazing and another side of the homeless community we don't always think about Absolutely. are their companions that we yeah. all love and need i love that well so quickly what is his instagram handle he's project open paw everywhere okay awesome yep. and we'll have links to that in the show notes yep. um and you know i don't know you guys are gonna have to go and find out but i imagine there's a way for you to get involved no matter where you live to be part of a project like this so yes. learn about them if you have something to share share it um at the very least tell other people about the program it's you know these are the things that make us stronger as a community as a world and as individuals as well when we when we put other things before um, ourselves. Not always. We want you to care for yourself, but right, right, come together as a community. So thank you for sharing that so much. Gia. Thank you for asking. I'm so excited. He's so <laughs> grateful. I told him I was going to awesome. share his well, hopefully, story. Hopefully lots of people will check it out. Gia, can you share your three words with us one last time? I will. Empathy, matter, and fun. And I think that you've you've covered that. We identified very <laughs> early on that you are super empathetic. And when you say matter, you mean do the things that matter to you. Kind of both. I think I heard you say you have a tattoo. That is I that do. correct? What I does do. it say? It says be here now. That's right. Okay, mm -hmm. so mine is a tattoo on my wrist that says matter. And that was why I got it was basically what you're saying to matter, to be right here. It's facing me so I could see it. And I put I it on it. when when I was really my son was really little and doing the nonprofit and I felt scattered. And, and it was also the bigger word of what it means to matter in the world and who yeah. I am as a person and people I'm with. That's so cool. I love it. And you have a lot of fun. You love everything you're doing. I think fun is so key. And with, with all this heavy, you know, heart work can be really heavy. And a lot of books are really heavy on the subject. And I love to integrate fun and play. And I think it's so important for our spirit. And so fun is a big part of who I am and, and all my work and how I like to do this. It doesn't have to just be sad and daunting. I think we need the fun to counter I it. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Have a lot of fun for yes. sure. Well, I'm delighted that you've been here. You know, you remind us that um, you can follow your heart and you can manifest your dreams. Maybe even if you don't realize that's what you're doing, but they, the energy you put out creates matter. How about that? And it right. creates change. And so whatever your dreams are, listeners, they're achievable. And the path may not look like what you imagined it would look like <laughs> but just keep doing the work following your heart and being centered and magical things are going to happen yes yeah. agree <laughs> Gia, thank you for being here thank you so much such an honor to be on your show it was great to have you <laughs> speaking of giving back it's one of my core values it's literally listed on my business website it's one of the reasons that we do this podcast I've, I've built all of the things around the idea that we're obligated to help make the world a better place it's one of the reasons that 10% of all, our, all of our Patreon funds go towards charity. We have a different charitable organization every month. Well, hopefully, if you've been listening to this episode, that's reason enough to head on over and sign up to be a member of our Brave community. 
And if it's not enough, that's okay. No shame, no blame. Go ahead and take a look at all the awesome swag that our patrons get. And there's some cool stuff, even for as little as $4 a month. I have some big plans, friends. And in order to grow the Brave Files and do extraordinary outreach, we need your support. So visit patreon.com slash bravefiles and join us today. And I'd love to know what you think of the show. Feedback matters. So give us a call at 312-646-0205 and let us know what you think. Really, close out your podcast app and go call and tell me what you think of the show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm honored always. I am delighted that Gia was here. I love that you all listen and tune in every single week. This is Heather Vickery reminding you today and always to go out and choose bravely. Today's show was brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com slash thebravefiles and browse their unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title of your choice for free and start listening. It's that simple. Just head to audiotrial.com slash thebravefiles. You've been listening to The Brave Files, stories from people living courageously. To learn more about the show, find our show notes, or get some great bonus content, visit thebravefilespodcast.com. And we'd love to know what you think. You can give us a call at 312-646-0205. Let us know your thoughts on the episode, the show in general, or maybe share with us how you're out choosing bravely. This episode is brought to you by Vickery & Co. Success Coaching, coaching that helps you maintain a life well-lived and a business well-run. Learn more at vickeryandco.com. Our music is produced by Matt Lewis. Follow him on Instagram at mattmmusic or visit his website, theunionband.com. We couldn't do any of this without our extraordinary audio engineer, Andrew Olson. Learn more about him and check out his work at findandrewolson.com. And special thanks to our associate producer, Kim Statler. I'm your host and executive producer, Heather Vickery. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next week. 